This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Welcome to uh, today's broadcast. I'm sitting here uh, tonight on uh, Monday, Monday night, the 17th, uh, 4.45 a.m., so uh, doing some late-night recording. But uh, the inspiration to get to the microphone tonight and just, I don't know, talk for... uh, I, I, I don't anticipate this to be that long. I mean, maybe, I don't know, 20, uh, 30 minutes, you know, at uh, an absolute maximum, I think. It, it's just, as I was, I was looking at the show, and sometimes you do this, sometimes you just, you analyze things, and uh, you just look at it, you get some perspective, uh, you know, you, you needn't say anything more, right? You're just assessing it. And... I don't know, I just felt, going going forward, anyway, I've just had a couple ideas. I'm just going to make shows, it's, there's no requirement. That's the whole thing, that's wh- why I made this channel. That's why I even made this into a separate channel, so that there is no requirement. I think some people, they try, and there's nothing wrong with doing this, but you have to want to do it. You have to have this vision, and you have to say, this is the goal. This is what I want it to be, right? You want to run it a certain way. You want it to be this or be that. Then, obviously, you'll do certain things to conform to this vision. All right, so, for instance, uh, I mean, let's say I made this channel, right, with the explicit goal of getting the podcast as popular as possible and make it a cash cow, (laughs) right? Well, obviously, you're going to do things a certain way. Uh, You know, you're going to film the shows. You're going to have it in a certain setting. You're going to do certain things. You're going to handle it a certain way. All right, let's say that's not the goal, but you want the show to be you know, very, very structured. All right, then you're going to break it down into various blocks, and it's going to be timed out to this, and it's going to be, you know, a very structured show, like a, you know, formal uh, radio show, say. If you want it to be about, I don't know, uh, animals, right? Well, then obviously you're going to talk about animals, and if you want for it to be free form, then it's just going to be free form, and it's just going to do whatever it does. Free form, that's, what, uh, that's why I did this. And that's why I made this as its own channel. Because I said, with these shows, I'm just going to do whatever I do. I'm, you know, it's going to be whatever it is. The goal isn't to try to chase views or chase the dollar signs or do any of that stuff. Sure, you have uh, operating costs, but it's not, you're not there to sit there and sit on a pile of money or whatever. I'm just doing the show to do it. Have fun with it. And I think for a time, I tried to make the show, or, you know, I almost tricked myself into thinking it had to be this structured, it had to be a certain weight, it had to be this, had to be, you know, this time frame, I had to do this at this point, and so on. But I realized, you know, when looking back at the vision of the channel, is this why I made the channel? Is this why I did it? No. 
the whole point I made this is that I could do whatever I want and not have to worry about affecting uh, the other YouTube channel, which, uh, you know, you, with no exaggeration, you do have to do the videos like your life depends on it. But the whole point of this is just to kind of be more casual and um, not have anything so rigid and structured. So that's number one. Um, but as I was analyzing things, I figured, well, I mean, I've been spending massive amounts of time on the coronavirus, right? It's just a big interest of mine. I mean, I think that it's just, uh, it has the possibility, you know, I think of being one of the greatest, um, you know, current, I think it could be a pandemic on, on the, uh, there's that possibility it could be like Spanish flu, like uh, the 1918 influenza pandemic. Uh, I, I'd say that's unlikely, but the fact that that potential even exists, I think should be downright concerning. And uh, I just, you know, I always enjoy uh, international events, current affairs, all that stuff. You know, uh, unfortunately, so much of what's going on in the world is morbid. It just doesn't really you know, work with what I what I do on the other channel. And um, again, because I've just been thinking about, you know, this rigidness. So, for some some cases, I felt like I can't spend too much time on this because the show is supposed to be more varied. Well, who said it's supposed to be more varied? You know, no one. I'm just making that up, but I'm I'm limiting myself. So anyway. I decided to just dedicate more time to this because, again, I'm just... Until the situation calms down, I'm just going to talk about it more. Um, you know, but in the meantime, you know, you also understand you can do what you want. But you shouldn't expect people to be forced to like or appreciate what you do. Don't sit there and talk about uh, COVID-19, which is, that's the official name for it, and expect the world to listen and, and say, this is the best thing I've ever heard or whatever, you know, you don't expect that. So you can do it, but just don't expect, res results may vary. And, uh, yeah, I understand not everyone is interested, not everyone's concerned, so on and so forth, I get it. So that's why I'm just doing this show, where I'm not really going to talk about it all that much, just talk for a little bit. And uh, then this will be like, you know, VORW, the non-serious version, where I don't know, just, it's a stream of consciousness, just talking about things that aren't explicitly, I mean, you know, maybe here and there, but not explicitly related to the virus. Whereas the other shows, it's going to be more dialogue, uh, you know, exclusively about that, probably. But that's why I'm just doing this freeform. And one other thing that I was thinking about. Now, sometimes when these, thought, when these uh, thoughts come in, it's like, you know, you know it's like, should I, should I share them or should I not? And uh, I figure, what the heck, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say it. Because then it's at that point where you can... You know, your your mind is not dead set on something, so it's not even... The likelihood just isn't there. But, I mean, you know, there's, like, that possibility that you could do it, possibility that you won't, right? If I don't, nothing's gonna change. But if I do, 
Right? It's only responsible to let people know in advance, so yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, going forward. Now again, I can't say whether I'm going to do it or not. I mean, it just depends on how things go. Uh, I might. Might take a break from doing the podcast for a little bit. Not too long, just, you know, I don't know, a couple weeks. Just to recharge the batteries, that's all that there is to it. I think sometimes when people, and this is really why I was thinking about not saying it, when people say that they're going to take a break from something, uh, you know, whether individuals intentionally or, or don't, uh, it always leads to speculation, right? You hear, oh, taking a break. Well, then it asks the question, well, why, right? Why? And... And then people get all skeptical, you know, is this really why, is this not, and so on and so forth. Well, really, it's just to recharge the batteries. Again, I've been doing the show, I mean, in this form, for, uh, well, about a year, a year straight. You know, before, because before I did this YouTube channel, right, here's a little backstory. Before I, I put it on YouTube and all these you know, podcast uh, platforms. The show, you know, was still going. But it was on the radio. It went out on SoundCloud, and it went out on the international shortwave. And, uh, why not? Like I said, this is just going to be about whatever. Let's, let's, how about we go all the way back? I mean, heck, this, uh, this Thursday, it's uh, nine years since I've been doing the YouTube, so if there's a time to uh, crack open the, uh, the the metaphorical books and retrospectively examine things, I mean, this is it right here. God, nine years. So, uh, I mean, in short, I'm just taking a break because uh, because I want to. That's it. Just want to want to just take a break, recharge the batteries, and then I'll get back into it. So there's the short answer if you don't want to uh, hear the whole. Um, the whole story I'm about to, to go into. Um, but to get into the history of this show, why not? So, let's just go back to the entire lineage. I started VORW originally in early 2014. And it was in a similar format as it is now, but of course, you know, you're a different person, especially six years uh, back... You're still young. I'm still young now, but you know, you know how it is. You change a lot. But it was a, a show. I just got to the microphone, talked for however long, and that was it. So I mean, it wasn't a structured, but it was just like a stream of consciousness, uh, so on. Started doing that in early 2014 as a talk show, and it was just uploaded to the the Report of the Week channel. And this was back when the Report of the Week had um. It was very small. It had, you know, a couple thousand subscribers, maybe 10, 15,000, you know, still. I mean, that's still sizable, but, you know, in the the, the grand scheme of things compared to the 1.8 million now, it's, you know, it's smaller. But I was doing the uh, talk show, and eventually I, uh, it was, again, similar. I would just talk about whatever, then uh, read some listener messages, and that would be that. And I did that all the way up until early 2015, so about a year, 
when I branched out and did a second show. So it was two shows going side by side, right? There was very similar to today. There was the talk show online. And then I branched out and did a broadcast on shortwave in early 2015. That's when the radio version of uh, VORW was born. And I got on radio station WBCQ. And uh, I just played some music. And uh, I remember I was on twice a week. From 11 p.m. to midnight. On 5110 kilohertz. And it was a 50 kilowatt transmitter. The coverage area was alright. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect signal. I mean, the stations I'm on now get better coverage. But, you know, I couldn't afford much. So you only get what you, what you can. But, I mean, it was a dream of mine to get on the shortwave. And the fact that, you know, I was able to get get out there. Be able to have a show on this medium that was just so, so incredible to me. And the fact that, you know, there it was in the middle of the night. You could do your own show. You could play and say whatever you wanted. You had that freedom. Didn't have to worry about algorithms. Didn't have to worry about monetization. Didn't have to worry about any of that. You know, as long as you record this show, pay your bill, they're going to turn the transmitter on and just fire it out across the atmosphere. And whoever listens, listens. That's just the beauty of it all. You know, it's just true, true freedom to do what you want to do. And I'd play the music. And it, it makes me wonder truly about shortwave. I wonder... You know, because it's a tough th- it's it's a tough thing. Part of me thinks that shortwave was really even more popular back in 2015 than it is now, and it seems like it wasn't that long ago, you know. But I think things have changed even then. Fewer people might use it today. I mean, I think that goes with that saying in parts of the world like India, where. Um, you know, the BBC, which is usually a good indicator of the relevance of shortwave. If the BBC still targets your part of the world, people still listen to shortwave. But uh, in India, they just dropped their broadcasts in Hindi. And um, I think that's just a sign of the times that, you know, shortwave is definitely in decline in uh, India now. That used to be a huge bastion for uh, radio still. Used to be like 50 stations from... All India Radio just providing, like, domestic coverage, you know, like AM stations, but on the shortwave. Had all these stations from Pakistan blasting across the border. Um, You know, all these different groups, you know, political, um, mainstream news, religious, etc., broadcasting to India. You still get that, don't get me wrong, but now, you know, you, you see changes. It's like the amount of those domestic stations... Used to be maybe 50, now there's just 20, which again, still means there's still people listening, but not as many, right? All India Radio, their main national channel, left the airwaves. And, uh, you know, now the BBC discontinued their broadcasts in Hindi. Now, English still continues, you know, but Hindi it doesn't anymore. And it's not like no one listens to those broadcasts. I mean, I saw so many articles online about people... Uh, very, very upset at that, but I, I just think it's just a sign that, you know, it's still in decline. But I mean, I remember doing that broadcast from 
11 p.m. to midnight. Again, not even on a very strong transmitter. And, I mean, even then you would hear from people all over the country. You know, from... I remember the first... uh, One of the first emails I ever got was from someone all the way in California. And, you know, this transmitter was in Maine. I mean, that's a huge distance. I remember they'd get emails from California, from, I think, Arkansas, from... Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, um, Missouri, South Carolina. I mean, uh, all over the country still. Again, this was kind of getting toward the, you know, midnight. I mean, now in 2020, on the one broadcast that I do four times a week, you still get that type of feedback, but bear in mind, the signal is, I mean, exponentially, it's like 30 times stronger. And the coverage area is, is massive, and the power is higher. Makes me wonder, though, if... I mean, there's just nothing to gauge it off of. I wasn't on a higher power transmitter. Then I can't say, well, is the correspondence the same, or is it different? But I don't know, just food for thought. Makes, you know, it makes me wonder if it's one of those changes. Anyway, I, was, I, got, I got caught up in a tangent, but that's the whole purpose of this, this uh, airing. Just to talk. So, I... I did the music show, along with the the talk show online. And uh, the music show I did all the way from January until July of 2015. But because, again, I just didn't have that much money, I I wasn't able to do it anymore. And I discontinued it in um, July 2015. Still did the talk show. Uh, You know, continued it regularly into 2016. In 2016, I, I did a couple one-off shortwave broadcasts, just, you know, here and there for fun, but nothing regular. Still did the, the talk show, again on the YouTube, same format. And um, did the talk show all the way into early 2017, early mid-2017, when I decided to take a break from that. The music show on the shortwave returns regularly, in late 2016, and it's been on the air ever since, so I mean, there's been a lot of longevity to that. Uh, Every single week I've done a new um, music show. As a matter of fact, uh, recently I've actually helped the production. Now I do four uh, of those music shows a week, four hours, compared to what just used to be one hour for years. I mean, now it's four hours. I mean, the the production of that has really uh, gone up big time. But it's so much fun to do. It's, you know, if you enjoy it, it's it's not not always work. You know, it's just you're having fun. And, uh, I mean, not to say that it's not work, but, you know, you're enjoying your time that, that you spend on it. Anyway, so in early 2017, I took a break from doing the talk show. And on YouTube, on, on the Report of the Week channel, starting in early 2017, I took the break from it. And it never really came back after that. Because just, you know, a lot of new people were coming to the channel. They didn't really... They weren't interested in it. And again, you can't control what people like or what they don't. You know, it's it's all right. And it just hurt the algorithm. I mean, oof. Uh, You know, the the YouTube gods, they they didn't like it. And then you would have to make decisions. It would be like, well... Do I make it public and notify all the subscribers and then it, it hurts the channel even more? 
when you're trying to do this, you know, for a living, it's these are tough decisions. Or do you make it unlisted so that it doesn't hurt the channel anymore, but no one sees it? It's like, it's it's like a lose lose situation, and it's like, well, what's the point anymore? You know, it's like if if it's only gonna hurt me, why bother? So I took a break from from doing it on the YouTube, and uh, you know, it just it needed to be done. But the talk didn't die. Instead, I kind of migrated it. And I incorporated a bit of discussion on the shortwave broadcast, which again, you know, at the same time in 2017, was going every week. So instead of just the nonstop music and shoutouts, I would take the first, you know, 10 to 30 minutes of the 60-minute broadcast and talk. And it would be about whatever I wanted to talk about, you know. But it would, it would incorporate that discussion into the music show. Okay? That format existed up until February of 2019. So, you know, it existed all the way through 2017, 2018, and into early 2019. And it worked out good. People liked the balance of the talk and music. It was like, again, it went out on SoundCloud and on the shortwaves. You didn't just need a radio to, to hear it. And it was a good balance because the people who wanted to hear the music, they got to hear their music. People who wanted to hear the talk could hear the talk. The talk was always at the beginning, so then they could tune out or um, exit if they didn't like the music. And, you know, the people who liked the music, again, the talk wasn't too long, so they could still get to their tunes. And the people who liked both, they got both of them, right? So it's like a best of both worlds type of thing. But unfortunately, in 2019, there were some issues. New copyright restrictions uh, came into effect, and I wasn't able to have the music on the SoundCloud anymore. And that was a huge issue, because, again, if people didn't listen on the radio, then they listened on SoundCloud. And, you know, tens of thousands of people caught the show on SoundCloud. Well, now you can't host it anymore, and you, you can't host it anywhere with the music. So what do you do? Well, I didn't want to give either up, so you had to split it into two shows. And, you know, it was a tough decision, but it needed to be done. Right? The music still continued on the shortwave. The talk now was separated, uh, maybe expanded upon, and just put online only. And that's where it's been ever since. You know, the music shows just go out on the shortwave and on um, TuneIn, which is syndicated by some of the stations. It's streamed live, though, not archived. And um, now I am able to archive some of the music shows. I mean, I have them all archived on my computer anyway. I don't want to lose them, but now I've been able to archive them on the Patreon. You know, if you fork over a couple bucks, you can listen to all of them, and uh, it's just a way to help keep the radio show going, you know? Because, again, the bills are still there, and you got to find a way to, to keep it alive. But then the talk show is just, you know, its own thing, and it's just here on the YouTube and... um on the other platforms too, you know, iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc. But, you know, going forward, when you've been doing things so often, sometimes you just want to take a little bit of a break. I mean, for people that might say, oh, take it a break, or you shouldn't take breaks. Well, I mean, for people who just <laughs> do work, uh, work, it's called a vacation. It's the same exact thing. You know, there's no difference. Same exact thing, just a different term. It's always funny, though. It's You could be saying the exact same thing 
you just use a different term for it, and all of a sudden it changes the impression. Instead of being a lazy bastard, you're uh, justified. You know, oh yeah, enjoy the vacation. <laughs> it's funny how it is, just psychology. But that's really what it would be. And uh, again, I haven't made up my mind on it, but if I do, I'm, you know, I'll let you all know, you know, when I do, but I don't know, it might take a couple weeks off, might take a month off, we'll see what happens. Maybe I won't. Uh, I would say it all depends on also what happens with the coronavirus. I mean, we'll just have to see. And, uh, I mean, the coronavirus shows, I've just, I, I just do them out of passion. It's, it's, every last show that I do with that gets demonetized and uh, pulled from the algorithm, too. You know, because the World Health Organization and YouTube, they really tightened up what they really want to show people on it. That type of stuff is really scary when you hear when you when you when you see it happen. You know it does, but you see it put into practice. That's why radio is important, free information, but it's their site. They could do whatever they want. I mean, it's I just do them as a, as a labor of love because it's something I've been thinking about tremendously. I'll just record it and get the message out to whoever listens. I mean, if it's one person, it's one person, but that's not no one. So it's done for fun. That's why I do all the shows. They're just done to talk. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's it's not life or death or any of that. I just do these because I want to. So, you know, if you want to take a break, take a break. If you want to do a show every day, do the show every day. It's, it's for you to do what you want to do with it. That's what it's all about. This is VORW. Zenko Ice Slider is a tile-based puzzle game where you get from point A to point B by sliding through the board. Zenko is a fun pastime for people who enjoy problem-solving, sliding puzzles, brain games, reasoning skills, and fun challenges. Every level, you'll get a board with different types of tiles like ice, walls, holes, and fragile tiles. In the board, you will also get some creatures that have to be placed in the correct tile for the board to be solvable. For example, one creature works as a wall. Once you have placed the pieces in the right place, you swipe to move Zenko in that direction. He'll slide on the board and stop upon hitting walls on its path to the goal. Now, currently, there are two modes to play the game. Adventure mode is a set of four worlds of 40 levels each where new tile types and creatures are introduced as you progress. This makes for a fun, dynamic gameplay evolution as new mechanics are introduced. Puzzle of the Day mode has new levels added each day. Levels may include any of the tile types and creatures from Adventure mode. Every map has an optimal move count, which, when met, will give you a 3-star rating for that level. Now, any extra moves, and you'll get less stars. You can find Zenko Ice Slider on Google Play Store for Android, and soon in Apple's App Store. That's Z-E-N-K-O-Ice Slider. If you enjoy the game, feel free to leave a review as well. And if you have any feedback or comments, this would greatly help the developers improve their product and build better ones in the future. The game also has some pretty nice music. Feel free to check it out again on Google Play, and soon on Apple's App Store. Z-E-N-K-O, Ice Slider, that's Zenko, Ice Slider. We all have nightmares. They happen. I'm sure we don't particularly like them. But let me tell you about a really interesting thing that the Henson brothers did. 
they took something that I think we oftentimes look upon very negatively, something that can cause us anxiety, that keeps us up at night, and they made something really cool and really interesting out of it. That's why I'd like to present to you The Nightmare Parlor. This is a new series that is going out on the Henson Brothers YouTube channel. Now, in the Nightmare Parlor project, they collect the weirdest, creepiest, and most haunting dreams had by their YouTube subscribers. In every episode, they exhibit a few of the most mesmerizing dreams that have been shared with them. Using various audiovisual techniques, they try to capture the ambiance of the dream and bring the most truthful depiction to your YouTube screen. They take something that happens to so many of us, they bring it to life, and they make something really neat out of it, too. You can find them by searching the Henson Brothers on YouTube, that's H-E-N-S-E-N Brothers, or by searching the Nightmare Parlor. Viewers can make their submissions of their dreams that they would like to have recreated on this channel by going into the video description of their newest upload, and there they'll find a very easy form they can use to make their submission and really become a part of the show in the most literal sense. I think it'll be interesting for all lovers of horror. Check them out, the Henson Brothers on YouTube with The Nightmare Parlor. So anyway, uh, wrapping up the show, just want to give a few, eh, a few other comments, a few uh, other little, I don't know, pieces of uh, feedback. Number one, uh, I think I did mention it earlier in the show, uh, that it is the nine-year anniversary of the the main YouTube channel, the other one, the Report of the Week. It, it It's still... Sometimes the way that time is, it's it's so funny. You look back, you can't believe that it was nine years ago. You, I mean, you, I just can't believe it. I never would have thought that I would be here right now. That I would be doing this uh, full time. That this would be, you know, what I what I do. The, the The amount of people that it reaches, the amount of people that it impacts, how long I've I've been able to keep it going. It's incredible. Nine years. I can't. I cannot believe it. I just. I I don't have any words for it. And sometimes I know from. One year to the next, you could almost sound like a broken record with the same, the same spiel, you know, because your thoughts might not really, really change. And, you know, it certainly doesn't feel like a year has passed since the last anniversary. I, I know a year from now, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be doing it. And I know I'll have a lot more to say then, but just for this nine-year anniversary... I think most importantly, if you have an idea, and it might not seem like much, might not seem like you're doing all that much, it might not seem like a huge, massive thing, but if you feel motivated, if you feel inspired, if you want to do something, maybe if you want to do videos, if you want to do podcasts, if you want to do radio shows, if you want to do writing or drawing or whatever it is, whatever pursuit you want to to follow through with, 
If you feel motivated and you feel inspired, go for it. As long as it's not hurting anyone or harming anyone, go for it. Give it a shot. You never know where it's going to take you. One of the best pieces of advice I can give, especially when it comes down to YouTube. The site was a very, very different place nine years ago when I started the channel. I think a lot of people realize that. A lot of people understand that. And I think now a lot more people start a YouTube channel with hopes that it's going to get to a certain number. Maybe with the intention that it'll get big and that it'll get to the point where it becomes sustainable, to the point where it ends up being something that one can do full-time. I know it's it's something that a lot of people want to do. You have lots of people who are aspiring YouTubers. But I think one thing that gets to us a lot, the numbers are important, of course, but we get focused on them too much. We look at the analytics, we look at the statistics, we look at the likes or the comments or the dislikes, and I think we end up chasing the numbers more than we end up doing what we really want to do in terms of creating content. Instead of following your passion and making the video you want to make, you try to fit a certain mold, you try to do something because you see other people doing it, you try to copy them. You think, well... If I want this video to get views, it has to be like this, it has to be like that. But as a result, sometimes they get narrowed down into this certain frame, into this certain type of content. And what might have been great ideas or originality gets thrown out the door because it might not seem mainstream. Try to fit a certain mold. So many other individuals are doing the very same thing that the video you might have worked and spent a lot of time on, it just gets lost in a sea of other voices. Be yourself. Be genuine. And make the content that you want to make. Remember that this is your channel. These are your videos. You are the one in control and do with them as you please. And most of all, one of the most important things I recommend, have fun with them. Have fun with them, exercise your creativity, and remember this, even if you don't get a ton of views, even if you don't get tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of views, maybe you only get a couple dozen, or even just a dozen, that does not equal zero. Your content still got out there, and it still made impressions on a number of people who are just like you and me. Sometimes we get caught up in the numbers. Sometimes we get caught up in the statistics. We see these channels with these huge view counts, and then you see just a couple views here and there, and it, it feels like nothing. But that's just not true. 
if you enjoy the content that you're making, you feel inspired, you feel motivated, have fun with it. Don't give up because you just don't know what the future will hold for you. I started out these videos in early 2011 just for fun. You know, I, I started out the channel just as something to do on, on a Sunday afternoon. That's why I called it the report of the week. It was supposed to just be a energy drink review that I did for fun every Sunday. Never in a million years would I ever had envisioned it to, to get to where it is today. To everyone out there who is maybe doing the YouTube or going about a creative pursuit, keep it up. Do what you enjoy doing, do what you want to do. Have fun. And I wish you all the very best. Just a few thoughts that I wanted to uh, impart just in, in reflection from nine years. A couple, a couple little thoughts here and there. I wanted to um, read a couple, a couple real short emails. So uh, let's just give it a shot. If you want to send in any feedback, you can, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Have an email coming in from Joanne in San Diego, regular listener of the uh, shortwave broadcasts, but also the uh, online podcast. Says, I was able to compare the Carl's Jr. Beyond Burger, Famous Star, and the BK Impossible Whopper. So these are two uh, plant-based burgers. And she says, I think I prefer the texture of the Impossible Burger to the Beyond Burger. The Beyond is more mushy and soft, like the texture uh, of the bread filler in a meatloaf. Uh, both don't have much flavor, so the texture was the only difference for me. Uh, the Whopper I had was pretty terrible, though. Very dry. I think they forgot the condiments or something. I'm not vegetarian, uh, but I could understand how both could satisfy a craving if I were to be one. On a non-vegetarian side note, the BK Tacos rated uh, better for me than the Jack in the Box ones, because they, uh, just because the deep-fried shells are a little less greasy, and the fillings are uh, basically identical. Uh, just having some fun uh, trying some of the things you've reviewed. So that's from Joanne in San Diego. Uh, yeah, interesting that you tried out two of the plant-based ones. You know, I've only, I only tried out the Burger King one, and again, you know, I'm not a. People can eat whatever whatever they would like to, and uh, if someone would like to be a vegetarian or vegan, or that's all good. Uh, you know, it is interesting, but it makes a lot of sense to me how uh, the plant-based burgers. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, there is a hierarchy. I'm, I'm certain of that. It's interesting texturally how it is different. I mean, that's the one thing I remember with the Burger King one. It was, I mean, not that I've had any others, but, you know, it was firm. Uh, that, that's a good way to describe it. So thank you for your email, and uh, I'm glad you liked the, uh, the Burger King tacos as well. Haley in Fort Worth, Texas says, uh, My goal is to finish watching all of your podcasts so I can start watching the live streams on YouTube and be finally caught up on all your content. I was just listening to your show where you talked about food quality going down, and was listening to some of the viewers' horror stories at fast food chains, and thought I should share why I refuse to eat KFC. 
I get this podcast is from last year, and it probably won't make the show. No, it's it's making the show, no worries. Um, but I felt uh, like the king of fast food reviews should hear about this atrocity. So growing up, KFC was one of my favorite places to eat. And as a toddler, I would apparently throw fits if we went in and I didn't get the potato wedges, uh, as it was absolutely my favorite. Uh, for some reason, as I got older, uh, we just quit going uh, as much, until it was a couple years uh, had gone by uh, that I hadn't eaten there. So one day in uh, 2018, my grandpa had gotten some chicken and potato wedges at KFC and brought them home to us. Now He complained about a long wait, bad service, and a gross-looking lobby. When we opened the box of chicken, I was shocked. You could see the feathers (laughs) in the breading of the chicken. When we broke it open, you could see it was very much raw inside, but somehow smelt like it was burnt. I assume this was because they had fried it in old oil, but this goes without saying we threw out all the food, vowed never to eat at KFC again. That specific store ended up shutting down because of failing multiple health inspections, and I can see why. Thanks for keeping the show going. Excited for this week's show. So that was from Haley in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow, that sounds disgusting. And uh, yeah, you did... I mean, you absolutely did the right thing. Yeah, don't eat that at all. I mean, it'll make you sick. It'll... Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you guys just didn't... And I'm glad the place got shut down, to be honest, because places like that, if there's just too many health violations, you know, they gotta do what they gotta do. It's a safety hazard. It's a safety risk. I'm sorry you had to go through that, and I just imagine it was such a disappointing experience. You know, you go to this place, it was really good when you were young, and uh, then it's just, it's awful. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that awful experience. And with that, I conclude today's broadcast of VORW. Thank you for listening, and take care. This is VORW.